Well, I had a week off last week, so I got a twice as long message today. How many of you guys enjoyed that last week? That was a great message. If you did not get a chance to hear Darwin last Sunday, that was just really powerful. I was so thankful for that. But we are getting back into the fruits of the Spirit. I'm just going to make a little confession here. I thought as, as I was praying about before I got into this series, I thought, oh God, your body sure needs the fruits of the Spirit. And as I'm getting into it, I'm like, oh God, I sure need more of your fruit of your Spirit, right? When you think you got enough, how many of you know you need more? And God has been revealing that. It's hard to preach something like this and not apply it to yourself. I mean, how hard does your heart got to be, right? So uh, today we're getting uh, back into it, and we are talking about kindness. Just a heads up, if you've been following me, I've been using traffic illustrations every sermon on that. I'm not going to use one today as we talk about kindness, but how many of you know I could? Right? It's definitely there. Uh, I just want to start out and say that kindness is not for the faint of heart. How many of you know it's kind of challenging? Anybody ever find that? Uh, And I want you to understand that the fruit of the Spirit, there's an order to it. It's not just a a random. I believe that they build on each other. And we're looking back at Galatians again, and we're going over each one of them. The, The fruit of the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And you notice love is the most important. If you don't have love, all the rest of them kind of fall apart, right? And then joy comes along. How many of you know if you're going to have joy, you've got to have that foundation of love? And then it goes on to patience. So when you are peace, once you have love and joy, all of a sudden you can start experiencing peace, which leads to having more patience. When you can be peaceful, how many of you know you have more patience? And then once you have patience, that leads us to what we're going to be talking about today, kindness. But I want to do a little quiz here. Uh, For those of you that, if you haven't watched any of this or if you hadn't been here, you missed any, all of them are online. You can go to our website. You can go to Facebook. You can go to YouTube. Uh, All of them are on there, but I want to get some feedback. So the first one, I talked about love. What was the fruit that I connected with love? Who remembers? Right. Strawberry, because it's the love fruit, right? You give it out on Valentine's and, you know, anniversaries. Uh, And so the next one was Joy. Who remembers the fruit? Yes. Coconut. Remember the coconut joy, because life comes at you and tries to break. See, I did it out of order. That's why y'all thought that. But uh, uh, life tries to steal your joy. Am I right? Anybody ever have your, try to have your joy stolen? Enemy comes in, circumstances, but that outer shell protects that joy on the inside of us, right? So we have joy. The next one, peace, I heard someone say the cherries, right? Why did I pick cherries? Because there are health benefits to cherries. That's why I love them, right? Uh, chocolate covered, any, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, actually I'm not, but uh, <laughs> you know, having uh, the health benefits of peace as well. How many of you know if you have peace in your heart, it lowers your blood pressure. It does, there's a lot of health benefits. And then we talked about patience, which represented by what? Watermelon. Yeah, the watermelon, right? Got some of it right up here. Uh, watermelon, because patience takes a long time to grow, so does the watermelon, right? You can't rush it. So all of those represented that. And uh, let me just say, we understand kindness because we're all recipients of kindness, How many of you know you would not be serving God today if you did not experience the kindness of God? All right, look what it says in Romans 2, 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Aren't you thankful for that? He's kind, he's tolerant, 
and he's patient with us, right? Then it says, does that mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it's his kindness that is intended to turn us from our sin, right? It's not beating us over the head with like, oh, you're turn or burn, right? No, it wasn't that. It's his kindness that caused us that. And I think if, uh, if I've experienced his kindness and what it's done in my life, think about how that affects others when you're kind to them. Think about what that happens there. And uh, unfortunately, because of several factors, whether it's TV, media, false stereotypes, and a few real examples, how many of you know this is the image a lot of the world has of Christians? How many of you know? I mean, that's true. You ask people, and it's like, oh, those Christians, you know. And, and I think a couple of weeks ago, we were at the fair, and, and I actually was going out to the car, left my wife there all alone at the booth, and she had an interaction. Somebody came up angry at the beginning of their conversation, right? It was at the end when we were wrapping everything up. She had anger and, uh, you know, had this intention, but my wife responded with kindness, gentle words, and uh, had real conversation. And it didn't change, I don't think it changed her mind, but I'll tell you what, it changed her attitude. And by the end, she was a lot softer of a person than what happened because kindness. How many of you know God has given us kindness to battle this stereotype? Sometimes that stereotype actually is you. Am I right? Sometimes I may be the angry Christian. That's not a good representation of Christ. Amen? What is uh, Hebrews 13.2 says this, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Anybody ever like kind of amazed at that scripture? I might have actually, that's enough reason right there to be hospitable, right? And here's what I want you to understand. Hospitality and kindness, they go hand in hand. You have to have that. When I think of kindness, so the fruit that we're going to be talking about is the pineapple. Hmm. How many of you guys like pineapple? Anybody ever have like fresh pineapple like, like from Hawaii? When we moved to Hawaii, we thought we had had fresh pineapple before, but man, it is really fresh there. And I told on my wife, but like she was pregnant. Both of our boys were born there in Hawaii. And uh, one of the cravings she had was pineapple. Would eat it to where the acid was like, like burning on the lips. Anybody ever have that like that? But see, some of you guys know it was so good, right? Uh, such fresh pineapple. And that's why kindness represents the pineapple because it is so refreshing. How many of you feel refreshed when you actually encounter somebody that's kind? Anybody remember the day when there was such a thing called customer service? Right? <laughs> like, you got to go way back into pre-pandemic, am I right? And think about when you went into somewhere, a business, and they were actually kind to you rather than that, what do you want? What kind of, you want any you fries with that? What do you want, you know? It's just, a, how many of you know our poor employers today are just, well, they just want to get a warm body in there sometimes. But it was different when you, when you even today, sometimes, well, we went through and got a drink at this restaurant. I'm not going to mention what the name or anything like that. But they were so kind. And I was like, this was my thought, I promise you. What's wrong with them? <laughs> this is where they work. How are they being kind? What's going on? I'm not used to that. And so like the pineapple is so refreshing in a harsh and angry world, kindness is kind of that same thing. Right? How many of you, you know what I'm talking about. And so the pineapple, it really is a symbol of hospitality. Can I give you a little history of the pineapple? Uh, think about Europe. Uh, the, uh, they were introduced to the pineapple when Christopher Columbus brought it back from Central America. And you've got to imagine, if you've never seen this fruit before, 
somebody brings it, it's like, what? You eat that thing? Right? How many of you ever think about that? Who was the first person to think, huh, I want to taste that, right? I, I still think that about the artichoke, but uh, like, who, who first tried that? So anyway, he brought it back. And what they would do is they would ship so many of them in the belly of a, a ship, and most of them would rot before they actually made it to uh, Europe. And so the few that did survive, they said people would pay this high cost equivalent to if we were to buy one now at the price they did, we'd be spending $8,000, right? How many of you know somebody had too much money? That's all I got to say, right? Even, I don't care how exotic it is, but here's what they would do. They would buy it and they would have a party, have their friends, and they would have the pineapple on display, so people could see it, they could touch it, and if you happen to actually be someone that got a taste of it, you were very fortunate. So that's why we, so y'all remember, I'm going to quiz you on this later on, about uh, hospitality and kindness, that it is a refreshing encounter. So I want to tell you a little bit of an encounter Pastor Colleen and I had. We moved to California, believe it or not, 15 years ago. We moved to Chico. I'm not from California. Surprise if you hear my accent every now and then, right? Uh, we moved here from Texas, and uh, we moved to Chico, and let me tell you, it was only God that called us to the West Coast, because everybody, everybody else is leaving. How many of you know God's called some of us to be here, right? And, and I know I've said this before, if every Christian leaves California, what's, what's going to happen to our state, right? We need to be here. So this is where God called us, and we're like, okay, God, we don't have any friends there. We don't have any family there. We know, like, this was like coming to a foreign country. What in the world's going on? And, uh, and within the assemblies of God that we're a part of, there's always a mutual friendship with other pastors of other churches, and they would have, and, and we have every year uh, district council, which is in Sacramento, and it's where all these ministers get together. They kind of do some of the business of the district, but they also have some amazing services and uh, other things that are going on. But it's usually a great refreshing time because people get together that haven't seen each other. They've been friends for years, and so there's this nice little reunion that goes on. Well, we got here in March, and that was in like uh, May or April or something like that, like two months later, and we're walking around. There's thousands of people that all known each other for years, you know, decades, some of them, and we know absolutely uh, nobody. We're walking around. Anybody ever been in a crowd? And you're like, I don't know anybody, all right? And, uh, and we're there, and they're all, like, drinking coffee, having good hugs, like, oh, it's good to see you. Uh, go to the dinner time whenever they would have, and they'd have the tables of eight, right? And uh, so we would sit down. There'd be six other people sitting there, and they were cordial. Nobody was rude or anything like that, but, oh, how are you? Where are you guys at? And we would tell them, and then they'd go back to talking to each other because they're friends, right? That's just natural. That's kind of what happens. And, uh, but but that, that was there. When we first got to Chico, there was a couple that had interimed as the pastor, and I have a picture of them. It's uh, Garland and Joan, and he actually spoke here a few times before we came. Do you guys remember? He was a good friend of the uh, Bobby Jones, who used to pastor here, if you don't know it. But uh, they were so kind to us. I mean, I wish I could express how it was. And we're at district council going to another mill. We're going to have a conversation with each other because we're the only ones that know each other. And all of a sudden, we heard our names being called. First, I'm like, God? You know, because nobody else knew our name, right? 
Just kidding. But it was, uh, it was Joan and Garland that were like, oh, come over here and sit with us. And, and they were so like inviting and so kind. And once we sat there, they didn't just like, oh, well, now let me talk with my other friends. No, they were engaging. They were asking us. It was just, how many of you have had moments like that? And, and let me tell you, moments of kindness, they are simple for the person that's being kind. They don't, oh, I'm just being kind. But it's life-changing for the person that's on the receiving end. Amen. You guys know what I'm talking about. It, it is life-changing. Listen, we, we're studying this fruit of the Spirit, and we see it over and over again, how God's Spirit transforms us into a new person, and all of a sudden, these evidence of fruit begin to appear in our life. Like, man, you know what? I was kind. Let me tell you, if you would have caught me five years ago, I wouldn't have been kind in that situation. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so God is developing that and I want to say that people shouldn't identify you as a Christian because you got a, a Christian t-shirt or a Christian tattoo or a bumper sticker or they see you leave your house at whatever time in the morning. Oh, they must be going to church, right? If that's the only way they can identify you as a Christian, how many of you know there's a problem? People should be able to tell because they see the evidence of the fruit in your life. And I can tell you 15 years ago when Garland and Joan reached out to us, it was evident to us that they had the Spirit of God in them because that fruit was evident. I mean, they were just oozing. They had pineapples all over the place. <laughs> it was everywhere. So uh, Paul talked a lot about kindness. It was a vital element of what he felt a follower of Christ would be. And uh, how many of you know, we all need uh, the Holy Spirit to help us be kind. Am I right? Anybody ever need the Holy Spirit to help you be kind? Right? But that doesn't mean you don't have personal responsibility either. Right? It's not, oh, God, if you put it on me, then I'll have it. But if you don't, let me, uh, let me show you out of Ephesians. Paul says this, be kind. Those two words right there, how many of you know that's an imperative? That's a declaration, a command, right? How many of you remember like when you were little and maybe your parents told you, we're about to go into this store now, help be good. How many of you know that was not optional? <laughs> right? It was like maybe you told your kids, be good if you feel like it right? If you want to. No. And so this is the same thing. It's a command. Be kind. But he also tells them, be compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. So, uh, and then in Colossians, he says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, what does he say? Clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility and gentleness. Uh, let me give you an example of that. And don't freak out. Yes, I got a suit jacket here. When was the last time you saw me with one on? <laughs> I want to explain. You got to put you got to put kindness on at his wedding. That's right. You got to put kindness on like you put your clothes on, right? Ugh. Let me get this thing on here, right? So uh, it's like every morning if you put. How many of you guys got dressed this morning? Oh, good. I see clothes on every one of you. Did they? Uh, did we've had people ask, "What do I wear to your church?" And we say, "Clothes." So uh, that's important, right? But uh, here's the thing. Nobody accidentally got dressed this morning, did they? You didn't get up out of bed and like walk over to brush your teeth and like all of a sudden the clothes just kind of jumped on you. Like, oh man, I got clothes on, right? You can't snap your fingers. You had to purposely put them on. And uh, some of you uh, put on two or three outfits before you decided on the one you're wearing. Am I right? You don't have to raise your hand. Husbands, you can point to your wives, right? So... Uh, <laughs> Calm down, I heard. So, uh, so nobody accidentally, let me tell you, it's the same thing with kindness. We have to purposely put it on. 
We got to put on compassion. We got to put on humility. How many of you notice that three of these five things he tells us to put on are fruits of the Spirit, right? Kindness, gentleness, and patience. Is anybody just naturally patient? Right? I heard some no's there. Naturally kind? No, I got to put it on. I have to choose uh, on a regular basis to put it on. And here's the thing. I choose to put on the fruit of the Spirit, but I got to ask the Holy Spirit to help me keep it on. Does that make sense? Like, think about it. Tomorrow's Monday, and you wake up, and you're like, oh, that was such a good message on, on kindness last week, or last yesterday. So to, today, I'm going to put on kindness. God, help me to be kind to everybody I come in contact with. And then all of a sudden, you get to work, or you get a neighbor, and you get to somebody that's not being so kind. And you're like, hmm, I have put on kindness, God, but, you know, I'm about to take this off, right? You pushed my last nerve. No, you put it on, you're like, okay, God, that person's pushing my button, but Lord, uh, help me keep this on. Help me to continue to walk in kindness. Help me to continue to, to demonstrate that fruit of your spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit helps you, right? It's like you put it on, and then you say, oh, God, help me to continue to walk in this. How many of you know you don't need the help of the Holy Spirit to be kind to people that are kind? Right? I, I got this. Oh, man, that person was so kind. It's those that are not so kind that I've got to purpose to put this on and say, Oh, God, help me. Help me keep this thing on. Help me to walk in kindness. Help me to walk in compassion. I believe that Peter confirmed it in uh, chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, For this reason, let's all say that in yellow, make every effort. How many of you know it is effort to be kind sometimes? Am I right? And he says this, add to your faith. So we all need faith. The scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? Nobody is getting into heaven if they don't have faith. But how many of you know, you don't just stop at faith. Oh, I got faith. I believe God. No, he says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness. Notice what he says, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love, right? We got to make the effort. It takes an effort to do that. Uh, and, and let me see, the Bible's view of uh, kindness is a lot different than what our world's is. Our world has a whole different idea of what kindness is. As a matter of fact, kindness has become so rare, and some of you guys will know what I'm talking about. There was a movement that rose up in the 80s and the 90s called Random Acts of... See? You got, how many of you have heard of that before? Random Acts of Kindness. There's actually a website, Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. And in uh, 1982, I have a picture of her. Her name's Ann Herbert. Ooh, this is hot. I got to take it off. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not taking off kindness. I'm just, you don't want me sweating up here. So, uh, so uh, anyway, she started this uh, website or this uh, whole movement, and, and it was like the purpose of it was to have non-planned, inconsistent acts of kindness where the person that is being kind has no benefit. And so we were challenged. We were like, ooh, you did a random act of kindness. That was amazing. I think at the, the pay it forward, how many of you have seen that? It's like you buy, that kind of came out of that. So that's kind of that idea. Here's some of the examples that uh, I just found this one on here. It's a random act of kindness. Post positive notes around your community. I mean, I don't know where you're going to post them, but like, what's all these little sticky notes everywhere, right? 
uh, randomly pick a small business, lesser known author, leave a positive review, uh, choose a friend, celebrate them the whole day, kind of like a birthday, but random. That might freak somebody out, uh, but... (laughs) You know, all of these are okay. Give a compliment to as many people as you can. I did this to the first service, so I'm going to do it to you guys. You guys all look amazing. There's my, doesn't that feel kind, right? Now, I mean, if somebody does that, that is good. There's nothing wrong with anything right here. I think those are good things to do. Uh, but I want to tell you this. It's a sad thing if we call random acts of kindness that they're so rare. Randomness is so rare now that it's celebrated, that I went to that store or that, that business and that person was nice and it kind of shocked me. You see, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be, as, especially as a follower of Christ, our kindness should not be random. It should be normal. It should be uh, every day. It should be all the time approach to life. I should be kind. And let me just say this. If we plan or if we just have a list, okay, today, God, I'm going to connect a charity to my Amazon account. Or, or I'm going to let someone ahead of me while I'm waiting in line. God, that's how I'm going to do my kindness today. Not, again, that's okay. It might help you actually start thinking about being kindness. But guess what? If we live our life with a list of how I'm going to be kind, you're going to miss the opportunities that God's speaking to your heart to show kindness. You might be in a conversation with somebody and you look down and their shoes are like that and you know they don't have enough money to buy any other shoes. And you're like, well, you know what? I didn't put shoes on my list of kindness acts today, God, so I'm not doing that. But I'll, 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 uh, I'll say hi to them. I'll celebrate you, uh, right? Uh, that may not be on the list. Or maybe you go to the store and you've probably all done this and you've come upon a cashier and you could tell there's something heavy on their heart. Right? There's something going on, and you're like, well, you know what? That really wasn't on my list of random act of kindness, so just check me out and let me get out of here, right? Or should we pause and say, hey, listen, are you okay? Is there anything that I could pray with you about? Somehow demonstrate some kind of kindness to them, right? We miss those opportunities if we just live by list. How about this one? You miss somebody at church you haven't seen in a while. And you're like, you know, hmm, I wonder where so-and-so is. Hey, pastor, where's so-and-so? How about you call them or text them or send them a card and say, hey, listen, I've missed you. I haven't seen you in a while. How many of you know that says wonders, doesn't it? Like, it, here's the reality. People expect the pastor to do that. When everybody begins to check on each other, when it's the body checking on each other, how many of you know that's powerful? Right? That's what's supposed to happen. So, uh, or how about this? You've got your list and you just want, somebody just needs a hug. Anybody ever been there? I just need somebody to give me a hug. I need that. And again, usually most people don't put like, I'm going to go hug a random person today. How many of you know that's a little creepy? If that, unless, of course, you're this guy. Free hugs. How many of you have seen that before? Like he's going out there with that purpose. Nothing wrong with that. But again, if you follow this list and you only live by that, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to have some random acts, uh, then you're going to miss those opportunities. I love this one that I guarantee was not planned. Uh, this was up in Portland a couple of years ago during the riots. How many of you remember seeing this picture? Right. I think that was just so uh, uh, touching that uh, no, I don't think this officer or this kid planned on this random act of kindness, but it was like God. God brought that together. So if we plan our random acts of kindness, we're going to miss the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's one of the reasons I don't like the word random. It seems kind of like, eh, when I feel like it, I'll do it. 
I'm not feeling kindness today, so don't, don't mess with me. That, I, I'm just leaving my list at home today, right? Or how about this attitude right here? I'm not, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. I'm not picking on anybody. I just want you to know that's a funny joke. We can say that. But how many of you know if that's really reflective of your life, you don't really have the fruit of the Spirit? If I'm just picking and choosing when I'm going to, when it's convenient for me, I'll demonstrate kindness. How many of you know your kindness should not be uh, because you've got coffee in your system? Your kindness is because you've got the Holy Spirit in your system. Right? Amen. So I'm okay with making that as a joke, but let's not let our kindness be that way. I'm just going to be, you know, let me tell you, fruit does not just grow randomly. You can't be like, you know what, I'll produce a pineapple at the right time. This just ain't it. This isn't the moment right now. No, it's deliberate. Kindness doesn't just spontaneously appear. And and I want to tell you, my heart, I don't want my kindness just to be every now and then. Do you? No, I want it to be normal. Normal actually doesn't even fit because there's nothing normal about a person that's kind. I believe that you are extraordinary when you are kind. So instead of random acts of kindness, we want to live a continual kindness. Continual kindness, it's purposeful, it's relentless, it's the compassionate way followers of Jesus treat other people. I want my life to be continual kindness, right? It's how we talk to people. It's how we treat one another. It's not when it's only convenient. I'll be kind to you when I'm feeling it, right? After I had my second cup of coffee. Because the reality, people are watching you whether you realize it or not. And it's not just like, oh, well, somebody's watching me, so I better do something kind, right? I see that person looking. Listen, if that's your motive, and uh, this past Wednesday night, we, uh, we were doing a, a lesson, and Pastor Colling brought this out about when we're talking about helping others, this verse was in there, Matthew 6, 2 through 4. When you give to someone in need, how many of you know that's a kind act right there? If you give to somebody in need, that's a kind act. Don't do it uh, as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and street to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. How, why, who would blow a trumpet? Well, the reason they would blow a trumpet is because they don't have TikTok or Instagram. Right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, like here we go. This is what kind of really familiar today. It's like, oh, I'm going to do something kind. Let me get a picture of myself. Hashtag kindness. Look at me reaching out for the Lord, right? Look at me doing all of that. Let me tell you, that's, that phone right there is our trumpets blasting. Let me tell everybody. Listen, uh, people, let me just say this. People that do that, I mean, you can do that if you want, but how many of you realize that's embarrassing if you're a person that's in need? I'm on there. Oh, look how generous they are. Oh, I'm just this poor, miserable. They're, most likely, if you're in a situation like that, you're already struggling with self-esteem. Well, let's just pile some more on. Let's just add more on it. And let me tell you, the person that's doing this, he's doing it to get likes, right? Oh, look at that. And, the, and I don't know if you realize how that works. The more likes you get on YouTube or some of that, you make money. That's a moneymaker right there. So, and even if they don't make money, look what it says. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. Your reward is a like on whatever social media account you're on. I'm like, I want God to reward me. Forget the like, right? right. Forget the like. So then he goes on to say in verse 3, 
When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Amen? So uh, people are watching you. Here's the thing, and I'm gonna, I have to make this confession here today. I know this is going to come as a shock to some of you guys, but you guys know I'm not perfect. I know. I, I, I felt a gasp of air leave the room except for my wife and family. They're like, yeah, I know. I see you all the time. Well, here's the thing. You never know who really is watching you. You may not have an Instagram account or whatever, but I'm just going to tell you, yesterday we were uh, up at our property. We had to move our container. And, uh, and just a shout out to Daryl and Tom. They're both sitting over there. They're like shaking their head no. But they brought their equipment over there, a uh, dozer and, uh, and a backhoe, and they moved that. And they're, they're up there having fun on their stuff. And Bill and I and Randy are sitting there, and they're just, I'm like, man, I want to get me a coffee. And Starbucks is just like right there. So I walked over there, and I'm like, this guy kind of cut in front of me and got in the door before me. Uh, I got to the counter, and he's up there thinking. And he's like, this is, I'm telling you, this happened yesterday. So he's like, hmm, I don't think he's ever been into Starbucks in his life, first of all. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, what is this, and what is that? So he's asking questions. Well, what about, can I get a double espresso on this, and what about that? So he's asking all these questions, and then he finally places his order. Then he says, wait a minute, cancel all of that. I'm not, I'm not sometimes people exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating at all cancel all of that, and then he goes through this process again. And I'm just going to tell you at that time, let me move my jacket here. I did not have any of my watermelon patience. I wasn't even looking for it. I'm, and I wasn't like making a scene, but on the inside, I'm thinking, oh, come on, dude, let's just order something, right? Let me in front. Of, why didn't I get here 10 seconds sooner, right? So he's going through all of that, and finally he places his order, and he does this big stretch, oh, still standing there at the register, and I'm just thinking, oh, Lord, <laughs> help me. Listen, I'm just being honest here, right? I'm like, oh, God. And then he turns and looks at me, and he goes, oh, he goes, do I know you? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. You know, I don't. he's like, I've seen you somewhere. He goes, where do you work at? And I, you know, and then I'm already, because I know I had a bad attitude. I'm like, well, I'm the pastor at Freedom Church. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, that's where I've seen you online. He may be watching right now. Who knows, right? <laughs> he says, I've seen you online. I've seen your services. And I'm like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> Here I am. Listen, I'm just telling you how it is, right? I am not there yet. I'm like, God, I need more. I mean, God really nailed me on this, especially this morning. I'm just like, set in for this message. And the Lord's like, remember yesterday? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't say anything rude. I didn't go off. It was all, you know, it was all internal. But how many of you know eternal, internal eventually comes out external? So uh, I, I'm like, oh, God, I need to develop more kindness. I need more of it in my life. I don't want to just get up here and preach about it and talk about it and tell about how you guys all need more of the fruit of the Spirit because I know I still need some. I need it bigger in my life. So I want to talk about how to develop continual kindness in your life. Number one, see hurting people that other people miss. How many of you know we've got to actually open our eyes up? Uh, I wonder how many times we miss kindness opportunities because we're just busy, right? I'm busy. I got to go do this. Sometimes we're busy and we're not even busy. 
Like yesterday when I was in the line at Starbucks, I'm thinking, oh man, this is taking forever. What am I? And I wasn't even busy because by the time I got my coffee and went back over there, they were still, I didn't even have nothing to do except drink my coffee. But in my mind, I'm busy. And so you miss those opportunity. Listen, seeing people requires us to slow down and actually look at the people around us. Remember when uh, uh, the rich young man came and approached Jesus and he says, teacher, I've obeyed all the commandments since I was young. I mean, that's arrogance right there, right? Like, you know, if you meet an arrogant person, are you feeling much love for him? No, you're like, you cocky, you know, whatever. And, uh, and he says that, but then look what Jesus, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. How many of you know I've got to actually look at people? I want to tell you, anyone that Jesus locked eyes with, there was love coming forward. Not an irritation, not slowing me down in some line, not someone that cuts me off. Oh, I'm not using traffic. That's right. So uh, whatever it is, you can't look at people the way that our eyes do. When you really have the fruit of the Spirit working on the inside of you, you begin to see people differently. You've got to begin to see things differently. Look what he says in John chapter 4. Whenever he encountered the woman at the well and the disciples were like, where did he get all this, you know, where did he, he had food that he ate, what's going on? And he says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. That word right there, wake up or look up or wake up, <laughs> literally, I mean, some of it says lift up your eyes, but it's basically get your eyes off of yourself and begin to look at people. Begin to see people, look around, see where they're at, open your eyes and actually see people. We live in a world that is overflowing with the need for Jesus. Am I right? They need Jesus. And it's like, if all we do is focus on me, myself, and I, and my problems, we're going to miss being able to show kindness to people that need it. Amen? A little kindness seed planted in somebody's life will make a huge difference. You may not see that difference. I don't think we ever communicated to Garland and Joan about what a difference that made. But I want to tell you, it made a difference. Your kindness goes a long way. And listen, when you see people, how many of you know you've got to actually do something? If you're going to demonstrate kindness, and I know that's in vague, because vague, what does that mean to do something? What do I got to do? Okay, I want to show kindness. Well, uh, I started thinking about the story when Elijah went to the widow of Zarephath, and, uh, and he told her, he says, I want you to make me a cake and bring it to me. And what did she say? She's like, oh, sir, I've only got a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I was going to make something for my son and I, and then we were going to die. I mean, that's kind of sad, right? And, uh, and Elijah had the nerve to say, go make me one first. Go make me one first. Can you imagine all I got? Oh, you know what? That's great. Make me one first. And listen, her saying that was basically telling him, I don't have enough to make for you. I can't do it. I don't have anything. I can't help. Sorry, you need to go to the next person because I just don't have it. But guess what? She was obedient. She took what little that she had. She showed kindness to Elijah. Because how many of you know, that's awfully kind to make somebody your last meal and give it to somebody else. And guess what? God provided for her and her son. And you're saying, you know what? Well, what do I have? How can I help people? Uh, the widow had a little flour and a little oil. Maybe you can buy something for somebody. If you got a little bit of money, hey, listen, I can buy somebody something. But that's sometimes the easy way out, isn't it? How about somebody needs a ride somewhere? Well, I got a car. Oh, but gas is five, six dollars a gallon. I don't know about that, Lord. You still got a car, don't you? 
You can put gas in it. Uh, I can give somebody a ride if they need it. We've got ears, don't we? Anybody, everybody got ears? Yeah. Right? We can listen to people's story. How many of you know that's an act of kindness? There are people that are paying big bucks for somebody just to listen to their story. We need to be the ears that are open to listen to people that are going through struggles. If it's a student and you have the ability to tutor them, how many of you know that's an act of kindness? Well, I'll do it if you give me 50 bucks an hour, right? You can do that if that's your business, but you know what? What about just helping somebody? What about people that are shut in and they can't make it? There are some people that can't make it to church. And, uh, well, pastor, you need to call on them. Well, how about uh, you calling on them? Foster care. How many of you know that's an, that's an option? You could start a group for people that are dealing with grief or, or abortion recovery or divorce recovery. or How many of you know there's endless possibilities? Endless possibilities. But guess what? In order to do it, we got to wake up and look around. What are some of the needs? Uh, you, maybe you've had an idea for a ministry. Let us know what that is. I mean, we may or may not be able to help. There may be two or three other people that have that passion in their heart as well, right? Let us know. Find out how you can begin to see people and begin to help them out, right? The second thing that we need to do is to be patient with people who frustrate you, even if they've never been to Starbucks. I'm sorry, that's really fresh in my mind. He, he's not really an object lesson. He was a conviction of the Holy Spirit to me, right? Paul said this, and look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, uh, we put no stumbling block in anyone's past, okay? Think about that. Sometimes our unkindness is a stumbling block. Sometimes our rudeness is a stumbling block. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the stumbling block. So he says, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, basically saying, this is what we're going to do. Even in, and look at these difficult situations. In great endurance, in trouble, in hardship, in distress, in beatings, in imprisonment, in riots, in hard work, in sleepless nights, in hunger, impurity, understanding, and look what is included, patience and kindness. That's included in beatings. How many of you know sometimes patience and kindness is just as hard as getting a beating? Just give me a beating because I don't want to be kind right now, right? (laughs) Whatever it is. But all of those really commend your ministry and it shows who you really are and it keeps you from putting stumbling block in other people's path. And uh, it says, and uh, in the Holy Spirit, in sincere love, truthful speech, and in the power of God. Look what all of these are. When you stand and you stand and you represent Christ, it is a, right, a weapon of righteousness in your right hand and in your left hand. And we're not destroying people. We're destroying the works of the enemy in other people's lives because we choose to be patient and kind with them. Amen? Because we choose to, be, to demonstrate the love of God even when it's not easy. Even when it's not, listen, those that might frustrate you, you can get frustrated with them or you can say, wait a minute, God, I'm going to choose righteousness. I'm going to choose to be patient and I'm going to choose to show kindness. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's not like, okay, God, you know what? And and I forgot to, I was going to use this illustration. Like, I know I got to put kindness on. I have to choose to do that. You can't just like put kindness over there and say, God, when you want kindness in my life, you're going to put it on me. Does it work like that? Sorry, can't be kind today. God did not put kindness on me. No, you've got to actually pick it up, and you've got to put it on, and you've got to begin to demonstrate it. And listen, I know, let's be honest, people are difficult. Am I right? Let's all say that. People are difficult. 
Here's a newsflash. How many of you know sometimes you're difficult? Right? Let's say that. Sometimes I'm difficult. It, it happens. People that frustrate you, buy them something. Whoa, what? Buy them a Starbucks card. I wish I would have thought of this yesterday, right? Or a gift card at a restaurant. Uh, if there's people that frustrate you, how many of you know you're going to have to go out of your way to demonstrate some kind of kindness to them? Right? If you're going to break that stronghold in your life and really begin to do that, you're going to have to do what it takes to, make, to, to uh, show that kindness. And then uh, number three, forgive people who haven't earned it. How many of you know it's like, wait a minute, when, when they apologize, that's when I'll forgive them. And only if I think about it, if they do a little penance along with it, right? No, remember the verse we read earlier? Be kind and compassionate to one another. Again, this is another imperative, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, Christ forgave us. I think sometimes we forget that. It's like, no, I got to forgive. Uh, forgiveness isn't easy, is it? I mean, some things are easy. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? You cut me off, for whatever, forgive you. But I threw that stupid traffic illustration in again. I did not mean to do that. So uh, it just kind of came out. Anyway, forgiving each other, though there are grievances that are too much that you need God to help you with, but you can do it. When the fruit of the Spirit is working there, look what he says in Thessalonians. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be what? Kind to each other and to everybody else. Listen, kindness is displayed when you release people from the wrong that they did to you, right? Instead of like, I want to get revenge. I want to get even right. When others do wrong, we got to choose to do right. Right? It's a choice, right? Do you know who this actually helps more than anybody? I mean, it does help the other people. Do you realize you get a benefit when you're kind? There's an actual boost in you. And, and I got this quote from Brooke Jones, who uh, is the uh, vice president of the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. She did an extensive study on kindness. And let, me, let me read to you her words here. She goes, we all know that when we commit an act of kindness or receive one, we feel good. Is that true? When you've done something kind or you receive it, it feels good. She goes, there is an increase in oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, as well as a decrease in cortisol. Now, I don't understand all of that, but she explains it right here. What most people don't know is that the person who witnesses an act of kindness has that same physiological response in their body with the same increases and decreases in those chemicals. How many of you know that's why we like watching some of these feel-good movies or, or you like watching the videos where people are doing something kind? We like that, right? It makes you feel good. You don't realize there's chemical reactions that's going on in your body even if you just happen to witness it. So we like watching that. It makes us feel good. But even better than that is doing it. So look what he says about these, or she says about these chemicals. Oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine are the feel-good chemicals that aid in lowering blood pressure. Not just cherries, but doing good things, improving overall heart health, and it helps us feel calmer and less depressed. Think about it. If I begin to show kindness to other people, it's actually helping me physically. And it's, cortisol is a stress hormone. It's been found to decrease in the bloodstreams when people regularly participate in kind acts. It helps your stress go down. And I know Janet's a nurse. Some of that stuff, that's true, right? Show kindness. Listen. Even if it had nothing to do with the Bible or church or Jesus, you want to blow your blood pressure and improve your health, stop being mean and be kind. 
Amen? <laughs> Everybody said, I'm going to stop being me. When somebody gets on your nerve, wait a minute, I need to help lower my blood pressure. I need to do a kind of, you go to Walmart, put your arm and get one of the blood pressure things like that. If it's high, go out and do something kind to somebody and come back and take it again, right? I don't know if that's going to work or not, but I think that, I think you should sign up for a ministry in the church. You know what? Be something, how many of you know serving in our nursery in our junior church is a kind ministry? It's beneficial for your health. It's important, right? We actually need people in there, so I'm kind of inserting that in there. We need to start a junior church. We've got kids that need to go from our nursery to our junior church, but we don't have any teachers to do that. We need to have some people that will step up and say, you know what, I'm going to do that. I want to help serve in that area. I mean, that's huge. Yes, I know I inserted that right in the middle of my message, but it's so important. Listen, as a church, if we're going to go past where we're at, we need to see some of these vital ministries. I want to say the most vital ministry in a church. I mean, obviously you need somebody up here preaching and a worship team, but we need somebody nursery, junior church, and kids church, and our junior church definitely needs it. We need probably a couple more in our nursery too. So uh, see Pastor Colleen after this. If you're interested, let's move on. Uh, how to develop continual kindness. Number four, remember people others have forgotten is important. Again, somebody's not here, somebody you haven't seen, people that are, there's a lot of forgotten people in our world, am I right? How many of you know sometimes when you see homeless people on the street, people don't even want to make eye contact with them? It's like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't even see you right there. It's like, I'm right here. <laughs> What about stopping and seeing, even if just said hi to them and acknowledging them? That makes a difference right there. Just to acknowledge they're a human being. Don't just think about, oh, you know what, they're probably going to ask me for money. Like even if you gave them a couple of bucks, that's really going to break you. Begin to love people. Number five is to help people who can do nothing for you. Listen, if I live my life only helping those that I can get something from, how many of you know that's selfishness? Sometimes our acts of kindness are very uh, shaded in selfishness. Oh, I'm going to do something for you. Maybe you know somebody that's, uh, uh, they need help moving. I'm going to go help them move because in your mind you're thinking in two months I'm going to need their help to move. <laughs> Come on, I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is, right? I'm going to need something so I better start doing some kind acts for other people because you're trying to be manipulative. Do something for somebody where you can't get anything back where there's nothing coming back your way. Uh, and let me tell you, they may never give you anything back, but God is the rewarder. God is the one. I could go back to that one verse. You can get your reward on this side, or you can allow God to reward you. Hallelujah. Live your life saying, God, I want to do things for you. I want my life. Anybody here want your life to demonstrate kindness? Let's not make it just a part-time thing. Let's, uh, oh, I put that back up. Those moments of kindness... That was that feeling, simple for the person, but life-changing. I want to be life-changing. I think God's church should be the kindest place people come to. How many of you have ever been to a church where that is not the case? There's friction, there's arguing, there's all this stuff. How many of you know the reason that happens is because there's a bunch of people in the church? <laughs> all right? And sometimes... Even when you think you're demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit like I did, uh, all of a sudden God begins to reveal your heart and you're like, oh, not so much. And so my prayer has been, oh God, help me to grow. Lord, help me to grow in love. Help me to grow in peace. Help me to grow in patience. Help me to grow in joy. Right? Help me to grow in kindness. 
And that's where I am right now. God, I, I, I feel like I'm a pretty kind person. Most of you guys know me and have a, like, oh, you know what? You're so nice. You're kind. I'm always like told I'm the kind person. And it's like I can kind of let that go to my head, but then realize, you know what? I'm not always as kind as I think I am. I'm not always that. And so I make that confession to say, God, I need, I need more of your spirit working in my life. I don't ever want to get to the point where I think, oh, yeah, I got that. Man, I'm just so kind and loving and all of that stuff. Oh, no, I still need to be at the foot of Jesus. I still need to be there and say, God, I need more. I need more. Why? Not just so that I can be that demonstration, but there's a world out there that sees Christians and sees Christianity in a very negative impact. But I'll tell you what, we have the greatest message ever. We've got the greatest, and and the world needs it. How many of you know there are marriages that need an intervention of Christ? There are people that are, that are on the verge of ending it all, right? People in desperate situations. And it's like, I want to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit so that I can be a testimony to them. Not so caught up in my own stuff, but to love people the way Christ did. Boy, that sure is easy to say. It's a little harder to do, am I right? So can I have everybody stand up? If you're with me today and just say, you know what? I need more of that fruit of that Holy Spirit. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands. Maybe weird for you or what, but God, I need more. My hands are up, Lord. My hands are up, Lord God. I pray that you would begin right now, Father, each person that's saying, yes, I need more of your Holy Spirit. I need more of your fruit demonstrated in your life. Lord, there needs to be less of me, less of my attitude, less of my selfishness, oh God. And Father, begin to pour in your presence and your spirit into my heart more and more, Lord, overflowing. Lord God, when I go out today and when I go out Monday and when I go out Tuesday, Lord, I want my life to be a reflection of Jesus and Lord God, not a reflection of my bad attitude, not a reflection of my selfishness. Lord, help me shine Jesus everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, oh God. Father, I thank you.